Hello and welcome to the Dinosaur Man podcast. I'm Andy Hughes and as ever I'm here with Alex Hudson. Hello. And what people don't realise is for many years while we've been doing this podcast we've been putting a little bit of money to one side just in the aim to buy one day our very own cinema. Yeah, yeah, we've had an investment plan all along. You idiots <laughs> thought this was for free. We've been charging you every listen. So we've been putting together yeah, what, what income stream was... <laughs> Was funding this cinema purchase. Just a, just a little it bit doesn't money. matter, I'm sorry. Every couple of days, just putting a little bit of money into one side to one day buy it. And we finally did it. Today is the first day we open the Magic Cinema. I've got the deeds to the property right here. And the only way that I figured we can get the cinema to make any money at all yeah. is by having its own independent film festival. Oh, because they always make so much money. <laughs> exactly. And today is our first ever film festival on the first day of the cinema. And it I've is seen the posters. And may I welcome to you our very first patron, Rory Spence. Hello, it's me. I'm excited. I'm very excited about your your new cinema venture, and I've come to support it. <laughs> yeah, you should be. Yeah. We've got upwards of I don't know five seats in this cinema. <laughs> hey, okay, the cinema set us back a little bit, but the good thing the cinema is, is a front room. To give you a background of what the cinema is, Rory, mm. um, as you may not have seen, is it's a it's a free screen cinema. Yep. So we've got three screens in this place. Showing concurrently. They yeah. have to start at the same time. <laughs> but, it, but it means we can have three different films on the Rory Spence Film Festival. Great. Um, what we also have is we also have a little ticket booth. That's manned by Alex. <laughs> Hello. Ding, ding. <laughs> <laughs> ding, ding. I don't know. What noise do the ticket things make? There's also a little snack bar. That's also manned by Alex. Pop, pop. Corn, <laughs> corn. <laughs> Get your salted peanuts. Um, I'm also a, uh, a friendly New Yorker. Projection booths are upstairs. They're all manned by Alex. Uh, I'm a friendly New Yorker. <laughs> hey, I'm putting a film on here. And um, any problems, you can see management. That's me in my office. Um, oh. But I'm going to let you go for my assistant manager. Uh, that's Alex. I'm from Louisiana, <laughs> and we speak like this in the bayou. <laughs> So thank you for coming along, Rory. Yeah, it's my pleasure. So many Americans staffing this place, so I <laughs> just thought I'd tell everyone. I thought uh, the guy yeah. in the ticket booth was English, wasn't he? It was the snacks and the... Uh, I guess. He's, yeah, he said ding ding. I don't know what that means. <laughs> so the important question, I suppose, before... Because obviously this is a film festival obviously put together by you, Rory. Yeah. Um, you know, and obviously this this podcast is trying to pump up interest in that festival that's happening today, by the way, guys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If, right you aren't, if you aren't listening now... Wait, well, if you aren't listening now, you can't hear this, so it doesn't matter. Okay, fine. If you're not Whatever. in the cinema now, you've yeah. missed out on the... But check check for future festivals. It might be on the... No, we haven't put the board up. There's nothing on the board. Hang on, I'll get the board guy in. <laughs> hey, I'm walking here. Oh, you've it's got so many jobs New Yorker. <laughs> yeah, he's, um, he's busy. But before we get into kind of what films we're going to be seeing, Rory, mm-hmm. I must ask, um, if we go see Alex in the snack booth... What's your favourite cinema snack? Oh, I wasn't anticipating this. Uh, okay, so what I do, usually, if I'm going to cinema, I'll either get a hot dog mm. at the cinema, mm. or I will sneak in uh, three for one pound snack of sweets out of Tesco. So nice. There we go. What you want is uh, your strawberry fizzy laces, uh, choice, yeah. rainbow belts. Remind me of being seven. Yeah. By the way. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I reminds me of ste- Seven. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the film Seven. Um, <laughs> I think one of them he killed by shoving loads of uh, strawberry laces down his throat. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So I stepped all over your second choice of was, um, uh, rainbow belts, which are like just intense strawberry laces, but like yes. strawberry flavor. Um, the fat, the fat, wide ones. Yeah, <laughs> yep, like ribbons. Just melt your taste buds off. So uh, many kids call me rainbow belt at school. <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> the fat, wide ones. <laughs> genuine laugh I've ever had on this podcast. <laughs> Jesus Christ. The truth hurts, guys. Oh, man. Um, and I'm wiping away case? tears for your information, Rory. <laughs> the third one will either be, uh, more often than not, it's a second pack of one of those, whatever I'm feeling, but sometimes milk bottles. Uh, I, look, I enjoy a good milk bottle. Yeah. Now, how, sorry, Rory, to get back <laughs> off, off topic here, yep. but milk bottles, mm-hmm. have you had the ones that are covered in the corn flour? Mm, no, I don't think so. Okay, so I think maybe it is M and S. Right. I think Mark sounds like an M and S thing. Yeah, I think, yeah, you would be an M and S snacker. <laughs> I think it's how they used to be, like when they first made milk bottle sweets. I think this is how they were yeah. uh, presented: is that they would be dusted in corn flour. I I honestly don't know what that does to them, other than make them horrible to eat. <laughs> <laughs> because I, I really like milk bottles and I think the first time I had an M&S milk bottle packet I just went I think they've I think something's wrong with these <laughs> because they're shedding their skin <laughs> and then I realised milk bottles don't have skins and yeah, that I realised that it was an intentional thing mm, horrible yeah so, no, anyway uh, the other thing I want to ask yeah. before we get into this he said he was going to have a hot dog or that yep what are you putting on your hot dog uh Mustard, sometimes onions. Yeah, all right. That's good. All <laughs> now, right. as it's your festival, you get to ask whatever you want from Alex. So, what would you like to take into the into the screenings with you today, Rory? Uh, yeah, let's go. Let's go for a hot dog. Um, okay, hang on. If you want, we can put the milk bottles on the hot dog. <laughs> oh, just not sure about that. that hot dog. Yep. Wait, no, hang on. Surely it's just one of the steamed ones. Yeah, surely it's just like it's, a roll. It's a roll over a hot dog, isn't it? Yeah, it's not a. Uh, it's not a flat. Yeah. Top. I don't know. Hold on. It's it's our cinema. Oh, we... Rory, would you like it on the flat top or would you like it from the machine thing? Oh, I'll be honest. We get the option on the flat top. Yeah. I say the machine was already filled when we bought the cinema, <laughs> and the hot dogs we don't know how long they've been there for. Let me just get a bun out. <laughs> Let me just uh, cut it open. <laughs> Pop the hot dog in. <laughs> mustard. Oh yeah. It's a good mustard set. What's the other thing? Onions. Maybe onions. Do you want onions, sir? Ah, uh, yeah. Go for it. Why not? It's a special <laughs> occasion. I'm chopping them first. <laughs> okay. I, was I just thought you needed your drop so much. Don't cry. Would you like them? Would you like fresh onion or would you like cooked onion? Fried. Yeah. Fry them up. Fry them up in that. No. Beep, beep, beep. Oh, smoke alarm. <laughs> good news, Roy. We just found out the smoke alarm's working in this place. Okay. That is uh, a good thing. Like a uh, regular thing. Michael Wilmslow. Yeah. Wilmslow? Wilmslow? Yeah, that's who I'm thinking of. So, well, Not Hightower from Thingy, because it's two different characters and I always just pretend they're one. Um, here's your hot dog, sir. Oh, thanks very much. You're welcome. Perfect. Take a bite. Um, so, Lovely. now we've got a snack. 
Thank you. Um, I'll do the sound effects in post, don't worry. <laughs> Chomp. I'm a very quiet eater. Mm, you better be. <laughs> You're going twisted a bit with it. Um, Would you like a drink? Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, is that a Coke, please? Just don't look at me like I don't want to offer him a drink, shirt. Sure. Shirt? Did you just call me shirt? Yeah. <laughs> I meant to say sir, and I think I channeled Sean Connery for a second. Uh, you want a Coke? Yes, please. Okay. I mean, there's no sound effects for no, Coke. It's, it's just, here's the bottle. Um, okay. No, you know what? Cup. Cup so, of Coke. Cup, brilliant. Now you get snacks. We can look to see, um, we can look at the film schedule that we've got. So, yeah. Let's first go to screen number one. Mm-hmm. Now, the beautiful thing about this film, first of all, is it's not scheduled to be any sort of specific genre or any sort of style. It's purely based on categories of your choice. Yep. So what is the first category of screen one? Okay, so the first category is a must-see classic. Lovely. Um, so, so if we go into the screen, the projectioner is going to go upstairs and put this film on. <laughs> what film are we going to be watching in screen one, Rory? We're going to be watching Cool Hand Look. Uh, I think we can all agree, an all-time classic. Yeah. And one that we're all glad we've seen. <laughs> I, I love this film. Um, okay, so uh, Pete Behind the Curtain here is... Um, they know. They know that you didn't see the I film. I was pre-warned, but pre- Cool Hand Luke was a film we were going to talk about, and I had the ample opportunity to watch this film <laughs> earlier today, and I instead watched what's in screen two, um, I believe. Um, but tell me about Cool Hand Luke. I thought it would be nicer if... You, I know you've seen it, Alex. Yeah, uh, and I'll, I'll pitch in, but Rory, this is your time. Please tell us why you believe this is an all-time classic yeah. that everyone should see. Okay, so, uh, come on, look, if you don't know, is a movie set in a prison starring Paul Newman and uh, from the 60s, 67, I think. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, yeah it's, it's one of just the absolute coolest movies of all time I think in my opinion mm. uh, mostly due to Paul Newman's performance in it uh, was this the point where Paul Newman was like one of the biggest stars in the world is it yeah. like yeah. T- around that Tarrant Inferno sort this of thing this was peak Newman yeah. I would say yeah. Yeah. That's, this that's is, in I, Cassidy for me, this, yeah, for me this is like Newman's best yeah same same here yeah and um, yeah, it's like his absolute best performance as this Sort of uh, a guy that goes into prison and is a rebel and uh, sort of wins the hearts of all the men in the prison um, as a sort of a leader type figure, and uh, a lot of people compare it to sort of like a, a like say it's like a Jesus Christ analogy. Um, mm-hmm. His character in it, uh, which is understandable, and it is just it's, it's a really good like it's that sort of era as well of like well. The fifties and sixties kind of span this of this sort of like rebel icon cinema, which I'm a big fan of. I'm also a big yeah. James Dean fan. I was about to say like James yep. Dean and all those kind of those cool cats. Yeah, yeah. So like, yeah, this could have also easily been rebel at a cause in the screen. Um, for me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, for this cool hand look is just something that is just the coolest movie I think of all time, possibly. Yeah, and I think there's something to say for the movies of of that era where yep. you have got, you know you've got things like this and Easy Rider and things like that yep. where you've got these movies that are they're born out of a rebellious attitude mm-hmm. yep. that didn't really exist prior to that, and I think yep. there was a lot of Vietnam stuff going on at the time, and this mm-hmm. is often seen as a sort of anti-establishment film. Yep. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think it's, it's important for that reason because it's it's one of the 
kind of early examples of certainly of that era of cinema mm-hmm. that dealt with tackling authority and fighting for what you believe in and for what your um, ethics are rather than you know just going along and being another yes man yeah. in the system and that, that is sort uh, of I don't know how spoilery we want to get with us um, uh, feel, feel free to I'd go say, for it like yeah, yeah. It, it go as spoilery as you want. If you want to just give a taste so people go away and actually watch it, feel free. But if there's anything you want to talk about... So this is kind of the first the first scene you find out why he goes to prison, Paul Newman's character. Yeah. And it's cutting the heads off parking meters. And you never find out why he's doing that, really. He's drunk, obviously, in the scene. But you never really... Yeah. He never explains why he was doing that. But it is that sort of anti-establishment so, thing. We've all cut heads off things <laughs> and we don't know why. <laughs> yeah. Some of us stick to dolls, some of us graduate to parking meters, and God forbid any of us go to humans. <laughs> but yeah, I I think it's it's one of those things where, because it's never explicitly stated, here is the reason why he has done this. Yep. It sets him up as this enigmatic sort of cool rebel character yep. within minutes of opening. Yep. And you go, oh, okay, I'm with you here. I think, you know, and then the whole film is basically how how lovable this guy is to these other inmates and i think it's it's a it's a thing where it feels like it's a different type of hero than cinema had previously had at that point mm-hmm. well as i mentioned about rebel because it's kind of a similar idea from like 10 years earlier but it's not not exactly the same but again, it opens with the main character being drunk, but as a teen rather than an adult man, which I think is a key difference. Okay, and specifically then, why why do you think that people should see this film? Why is it the classic that this is the film for you that you think, oh, people should see this film? Purely Paul Newman, I think, <laughs> is the reason people should see this film. <laughs> it is it's so hard not to be engaged with his character in it, I think, mm. um, and to like the characters in the movie grow to love this character who is just this like incredibly charismatic person um, and I think yeah it's just something there's very few actors that can that can do that like Paul Newman yeah. did and how often do you go back to this one? Um, like I've only like to be fair I only saw it for the first time maybe in the last like five years and I've yeah. seen it maybe four or five times. Because for me, what, like for example, one of the films I absolutely adore is Bridge Over the River Kwai. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I've not seen that film in like ten years. Yep, it's not it, that I adore the film, mm-hmm. and it's one of those that one day I'll go back to and I'll I'll kind of enjoy it all over again. But I think for sometimes those classics you have to let breathe. But then there's some that like that I watch like every year. Yeah, and this is probably a film I haven't gone back to in. I don't know, seven or eight years at this point. But it's one I've seen maybe four or five times previously. Yeah. And I think it's it's one of those ones that you could probably, as as you have, Rory, essentially gone back and rewatched it year after year. Mm-hmm. And you can, you know, you can enjoy it on that level. Or alternatively, you can let it breathe and you can sort of step away from it for a while and still remember it as fondly as you do. Yeah. Because it's a film that does leave an impression just because I think I think you're right. If you're if you're looking for isolating a reason why it's a sort of must see classic, that performance is I think just it's an iconic performance. 
And, of course, the most famous boiled eggs in all of cinema. <laughs> yeah. I think we we'll all agree. I was going to, yeah, mention that scene. Uh, as There's something very compelling about that scene, which sounds yeah. ridiculous. Uh, for those who don't I'm know it. Lost. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've actually forgotten the number. It's 50 or 60. I can't remember. He's 50, 50 isn't yeah. He? yeah. He makes a bet that he can eat 50 boiled eggs while they're in prison. And it becomes this big, like, like everyone's betting on it. And it becomes this thing of him just eating these eggs. And it sort of becomes like a montage of him eating eggs and people after, throwing egg money after, down. Egg after egg. Yeah. I don't think I could do that. Is it 50 in an hour or something like that? What do you think your limit of boiled eggs I can't eggs even is? remember if there is a time limit that they state. I can't remember. My but... limit of what my limit of boiled eggs yeah. would be Question to full both. stop in a day. Yeah. Um, uh, I think maybe five. Let's say in yeah, an hour. I think you've got an hour. Oh, hang on. If uh, if it was like a f- enjoyment levels, or are we talking? No, about just you could do it. Yeah, you okay. eat as many if as I, you if can. If we were going to say cool how Luke style competitive yeah. eating, yeah. Uh, hour, eggs. How many can you do? Oh, I don't know. I think I'd get. I think I'd get egg drunk after like thirty. What about you, Rory? Thirties and I think maybe like fifteen. I don't think I could do that many without being sick. I. I don't think I can get to double figures. I think I'd generally get to like five and be like, oh, I'm out. <laughs> I've had four <laughs> eggs in one sitting. <laughs> four boiled eggs in one sitting and absolutely nailed it. Same question, but with Easter eggs. <laughs> oh, uh, one. Half? Yeah. Half? How big? One of the ones that can fit inside a small mug or are we talking big ones that come inside ridiculous oversized novelty mugs? <laughs> like a Sports Direct mug. Those ones. Um, the big ones. Half. Yeah, again. Half of an yeah. egg. No, I could, I'm not I could a big chocolate a whole you. Easter egg. I could do a whole Easter egg, but none of the little mini eggs that come with it. <laughs> They're, the the first, They're the best bit. They're the best like. Yeah, they are actually. Like, yeah, you always eat the sides first in that meal. Do you know what the dream is? Yeah. For me, like, Go on. is one day I want to get one of those Easter eggs. An Easter egg filled with boiled eggs. <laughs> and then I want to get like a tub of like Ben and Jerry's or something. Uh-huh. And just eat the pour the Ben and Jerry's into the Easter egg and just eat them out of the Easter egg. And I'd feel so sick afterwards. So hang on, would the Ben and Jerry still be cold, or would it be like yeah, a soupy yeah. mess at no, this it'd be point? Still cold. I'm not going to drink it like soup. Uh, I would drink it like soup. <laughs> <laughs> the, the one difference between you and me is I would melt my Ben and Jerry's down and then pour it in there and then freeze it, refreeze it yeah. inside the egg. <laughs> oh wow! Crack the egg open and then say life uh, finds a way. And then, <laughs> As um, I pour liquid Ben and Jerry's all over myself. And is there anything else you want to say about cool and Luke while we're in the screen? Um, yeah, one little thing. Like, there's a line or like a speech from it that I knew beforehand that yes. sort of added to the sort of coolness for me when I first came to it. Because when I was in my teens, I was a big fan of Guns N' Roses. Of course. <laughs> okay. A uh, quick question. Uh, just we, to, okay, just, yeah. Just, so, Rory, settle an argument for yeah. us that we were having last week. Okay. <laughs> um, which song is best? Paradise City, Sweet Child of Mine, or Welcome to the Jungle? Sweet Child of Mine. Thank you. And which has the best opening? Oh, Welcome to the Jungle. Yes, 100%. I think that's where we got yeah, to. Yeah, we, we decided there was probably a Frankenstein version yeah. of Guns N' <laughs> Roses where you could combine... <laughs> Basically, we, we went through all three of those songs and went... Could you put all three intros together and make a <laughs> song that works? The answer is obviously no. There's no. too much build yeah. up. But I think like that. Welcome to the Jungle intro. Yeah, it's very phenomenal. Good. Yep, yep. But 
Andy is a big fan of warbling warbles, so he really <laughs> likes the sweet child of mine warbling. I, yeah, I think that's probably then for okay. sweet child of mine is also very good. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, it is good. Yeah, it's it's fine. It's <laughs> but, fine. Yeah. No Sorry, where I was going with that. Um, Yes, please continue speech, your story instead uh, of our bullshit bet. That Strother Martin makes in the film who's the warden of the prison. He mm. uh, there is part of that speech that he makes is in the song Civil War by Guns N' Roses. Mm-hmm. Uh, what we have here is a failure to communicate speech. Uh, mm-hmm. And that sort of, like, for somebody, like, because I was, like, when I was a 14-year-old, like, really into Guns N' Roses. If anyone, anyone has seen me, they know, like, I'm still long hair, like, sort of, I still have the look of a Guns N' Roses fan, even though I don't really listen to them much anymore. Um, so, yeah, that kind of, for me, like, added to the coolness of it. Yeah, and, like, again, it's another iconic thing from that film. Yeah. Like, that line, what we have here is a failure, a failure to communicate, yep. is one of the all-time sort of greatest, most quotable lines from a movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it's a film that, because of that, it does have this legacy of coolness and an edginess that maybe, I, I don't know, maybe it did deserve, because obviously we weren't there first time round. Yep. We didn't see it in 67 when it came yep. out, but I can imagine seeing it when a lot of the cinema around it is just sort of, you know, formulaic stuff from the 1950s and 60s where mm-hmm. you get to yep. the point where you go, oh, this is the, this is genuinely a, a new movement of filmmaking yep. and this is maybe one of the coolest movies of all time mm-hmm. yeah yeah oh good i'm glad this is a good hey this is a good start to the film festival yes yeah people are gonna love we probably this. should have stopped talking because it's on right now <laughs> <laughs> these guys have paid good money to sit in these three seats it's okay guys i'm the manager don't worry i've got a slide and i'm the assistant <laughs> Um, shall we move on to screen number two? Yeah, of course. Um, as we walk that way, just a quick question, Rory. Um, yeah. What What was the first film you can actually remember going to at the cinema? Oh, that's a good question. Hmm. <laughs> I I didn't prepare you about any of these questions. <laughs> no. Um. I think I remember going to see Hercules. It probably wasn't the first film. That was kind of the first one that came to mind when you asked that. Hercules is an absolute smash hit of a film. Yeah, that's that's brilliant. it's one of my favourite Disney films. I've probably not seen it in 22 years at this point, <laughs> and I still love it. <laughs> I always remember the video game. The, the video game was hard as all so fuck. Yeah. Oh yeah, it no, I had that as well. It was so yeah. difficult. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So hard. I remember getting killed by things that shouldn't kill yeah. you. I remember the Hydra, the Hydra fight is one of the, the hardest levels. Didn't in even game. get there, mate. Didn't even get there. I think I think I died on the training. The Danny DeVito like, training camp. Me and Danny DeVito running around and then him just going, right, here's what you need to do here. I'm like, I'm dying. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's an absolute... So yeah, I just, I just looked up the years. It was 97, so it would have been five or six. Five probably when it came out. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it might not have been the first film I went to see in the cinema, but it's the first but one that first came to mind that I remember. That's fine enough. Yeah. Um, but we've arrived at screen two. Mm. Yes, let me open the doors for you. <laughs> uh, we need to, really to oil that yeah, because yeah. Uh, in a cinema, that's a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what what are we going to be finding in this screen? Okay, so now now that I've established that I do know a bit about films, which was good that we got the classic up front. And you're a super cool guy. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna we're gonna go for my guilty pleasure now. Okay. Absolutely. What is... film will we be finding on this screen? We will be watching X Men Origins Wolverine. 
What a film, ladies and gentlemen. What a film. And this is the movie that Andy chose to watch over Cool Hand Luke. <laughs> Solid You've choice. already seen it, by the way. Well, I, did but... it, I did it on purpose because I was like... Yes, you did. Yes, you did say you that there was a good pleasure. It. Mm. And I didn't want to come in judging the way I feel about it. Um, I was like, let's make sure that I'm correct in the way I feel about it. Because yeah. it's been a long time since I've not since I've seen it because I've purposely not yeah. on the fact that I thought it was bad. <laughs> um, but t- for those who've not seen it, what is this film? Okay, so uh, the X-Men franchise was uh, 3N at this point, and then we got an origin movie for the most popular character from that franchise, Wolverine. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. Absolutely. So yeah, it was kind of like it, we had the X Men films, and then they went back and went, "Okay, we're gonna do, we're gonna do a little bit more with this." Um, why do you, why do you like this film? Like, what's, what is well, it that makes it? Because obviously, the over, it's fair to say the overarching opinion of this movie was it's yeah, not great. I understand that, and that's why it's in the guilty pleasure category. Um, that's why I understand that most people do not enjoy watching this film. But for, I, I have always been a huge X Men fan. Yes, same. I got into it from the ninety ninety two cartoon. Uh, yeah, that the, the theme, series. Yeah, the theme tune of that is my ringtone on my phone. <laughs> yep, <laughs> that's it. That's all I can do without us being sued. Because <laughs> that, that was the perfect rendition. We've done it before on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, great series. So yeah, I've always been a huge fan, and. Um, I know for a lot of X-Men fans that that makes this movie even worse. <laughs> mm-hmm. But for me, for some reason, it adds to it. Because there is a lot of like deep-cut sort of X-Men references in this movie that are yes, very strange. Um, but I, I've always enjoyed that about it. Oh, yeah, 2009, what, how old was I? Like, uh, like 16, 15? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. At that age... This movie hit me, and I realised it wasn't great at the time, even. But I had a great time watching it. And is this one that, like, over time, you still managed to appreciate? Yeah. Even in, when you go back to it now, I haven't gone back to it maybe like three or four years, maybe. But mm-hmm. yeah, I can still enjoy it, and I understand probably even more so now. I understand that it is not a good movie, given that we have had much better comic book movies. Yes, and especially years. better Wolverine movies as well. Yes, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I, I was when you said um, Origins Wolverine, I was there like, oh, but there's been three Wolverine films mm-hmm. now with this, ex, um, the Wolverine, and then Logan. Yeah, and two of them are better than this. Well, that's the thing. Um, like, I understand as a film, Wolverine the Wolverine's isn't. probably better, but I would watch X Men Origins Wolverine over the Wolverine. I think I'm in the minority where I say the Wolverine is actually better. No, I don't think you are. Really? I don't think I you think, are. I, I think, think that's, you're in the minority. I think that's a very popular like opinion. I, think, I don't think, I think people Rory... think the Wolverine's that good, but I think it is seen as better than Origin. I think there could be the argument that Rory could potentially make here of X-Men Origins Wolverine, there is more to enjoy in a sort of masochistic way, potentially. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I, think, I think there is... I think it's more fun to watch. I and, think that might be true. I think it might be I more think, fun. I think the... Right. The thing is, I, really, I don't think I'd prefer to watch. I wouldn't prefer to watch it over the Wolverine. I, really I think like the Wolverine, Wolverine is good. But going back to X Men Origins, uh, Wolverine, 
um, the one that we have on this giant screen now. Sorry, guys, we'll be out your way in a minute. <laughs> yeah, we know you want to see Will I Am dancing. <laughs> oh, Will I Am so as well. Man. I didn't. I didn't like this film predominantly because my favourite comic book character of all time is Gambit. Yep. <laughs> and in this film, they do Remy LeBeau, mm-hmm. and I always remember you 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 ruin him. Um, and also, then you have Deadpool, who is like a great yeah. character, yeah, yeah, yeah. but you then ruin. Going back to watch it today, you go okay. The first opening half hour of this film is great. Like mm-hmm. yeah. the seat f- from the point where you meet young Wolverine. The traveling through the... time fighting. Yes, thing. that is, is one a of great... the best openings oh, of any uh, of the X Men. And we've movies. had uh, yeah. my brother's been on the podcast and talked about how that is a great moment in a film that he doesn't enjoy. Mm-hmm. And it's the and film... said it's like a highlight of the X Men series. Yeah, and it's a film I'd love to see. I'd love to see those two fight through time, mm-hmm. fight through time, seeing them in all, all these different battles. Because that's why I love the Wolverine because you see him in. Like him in war again, yeah. And kind of how he makes these connections, but you see how his brother kind of becomes who he is, how he becomes Sabretooth, yeah. Um, and then you got all the way up until like you then get introduced to this team of mercenaries, and each one of them makes sense. Yep. Um, you understand how they all work. Um, the, the idea of Wade Wilson in this, like when he's Wade Wilson, is great. Yeah, he's brilliant. Like that's and that is what sort of kicked off Deadpool as an idea as a movie is the fact that Ryan Reynolds absolutely smashes it in the early scenes in this movie absolutely and then you've got certain moments in this film like when you first meet Gambit yeah. he looks good like physically he doesn't look great but like the way he performs it and the way they kind of show his power mm-hmm. yep. like with the cards is great what they do with him after that is all terrible <laughs> and so after seeing uh, 21 Bridges mm-hmm. 21 Bridges? 21 Bridges and Tunnels. Yeah, 21 Bridges, <laughs> Tunnels, Helicopters, and other means of escape from Manhattan. Yeah. Um, because he's in that, isn't he? He's Taylor Kitsch. Yes. Yeah, and he's great in And that. do you do you come back to this with more of a fondness for Taylor Kitsch? Maybe. Because you haven't seen Battleship in ages. Maybe that's it. Maybe, And I think Taylor Kitsch, he tries doing an accent, bless him. Like, yeah. He does, yeah. He, he attempts it. It's, he forgets it like... Every second line, <laughs> yeah. but he tries. Yep. And I was watching it today, and I was like, "Actually, it's probably more the CGI is terrible. Mm-hmm. The, yep. the what they do with certain characters is terrible. The fact that you know William dies because he's predictable, <laughs> despite his entire power being an unpredictability. Yeah. Uh, you know, although one thing I will say is the they have an effect when he teleports, and they do it with Deadpool as well. So when he teleports, you see kind of like his face turn into a skull first. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Say, is it skeleton? Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. It kind of like his body teleports out that way, which is a really cool effect. Yep. In a film that I remember is being... Is it well executed? Yeah. It is actually, yeah. In a film, the scene where he dies is where Sabretooth of... puts his fist through where he's going to be and you see him sort of form around it. And it's, oh, it's okay. pretty cool. Right. It does look film pretty good. I know has awful effects in this. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's really bad stuff. Like, like the final sequence. Yes. I remember watching it and thinking that the DVD that I had it on was a pirated DVD because it, it genuinely the looked terrible, yeah. bad. And was it the case of there was was it there was something leaked on the internet for this film? Is that right? Yeah, yeah. There was like mm. a a copy of of it, it without the effects that, that had unfinished effects on yep. it or something. And they were just as good as the ones. I, when it came yeah, out. and it felt like when they actually gave you the final release, you went. This is still as good as your unfinished version. <laughs> Absolutely. Except this time you've coloured in a few of the backgrounds. And the thing is, so what the point I'm trying to make is, so my feelings towards this film have always been very negative. Yeah. Of being like, and I think it's predominantly coloured by some of my favourite X-Men characters are in this. Yeah. And you, you're kind of shitting You're still on waiting them. on that Gambit film. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. 
Yeah. Um, but going back to it today, going, okay, let's go back and see whether or not there is stuff that I've missed. I can actually go, yeah, I appreciate there is some stuff in here that is very good. And I completely understand why you would say it's a guilty pleasure because there's some stuff that works. Yep. And I think it is like a 50-50 balance for like for every good part you find, there's definitely a hunk of <laughs> chunk of shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it's, it's at least not fully terrible. Um, is this the first appearance of Liev Schreiber as Sabretooth? Yeah, the only. Appearance, yeah. I believe. Oh, the first and only. Yep. Oh, man. Because that's disappointing. Cause I really like Liev Schreiber. Yeah, he's, he's a great actor. Yeah. And, you know, his work in, I think his role in a completely different film, but Spotlight, Oh yeah, is re- is really undervalued because he plays a much more reserved part than everyone else in that film. <laughs> Sorry, I just had the feeling, the feeling that you were going to say Sabretooth in Spotlight, like he's still Sabretooth, <laughs> but he's playing that Remember, role. He was the newspaper editor, um, and I think like that film for a lot of people was sort of the wake up call to Liev Schreiber. But I think mm-hmm. he's been great for a long time, and I think. From what I remembered, I really liked him in that role. And obviously he's an improvement on Tyler Mayne. Um, yeah. But I, I thought that, that was, that's a relationship that you really want them to explore. Well, that's why the hope was in Logan that actually that, yeah. that he would appear. And if yeah. there had been like the second Wolverine, like that, if that would be... Which to me kind of felt like a bit of a... I, I, I agree with that to a point. I think I can understand the poetic nature of him fighting against what he has generated, yep. you know. But I really like the idea of him and his brother or half-brother or whatever it is mm. having that reconnection. Yeah. yeah. And that is something that is sort of... Yeah. That's kind of the only thing I don't like about Logan. I love Logan. Um, uh, but yeah. yeah, that could easily be that. And... As, like I said, a big comic book fan, a big X-Men fan, that relationship between the two of those characters is fantastic and really interesting. Yeah. There's a great line in this as well like uh, that I actually really enjoyed, I forgot all about. And it's when um, he's sitting in the bar and there's a he starts hearing Logan screaming. Like, mm. Everybody feels him screaming, but his name outside. He turns around to the barman and goes, do you have insurance? And the guy goes, no way. He goes... That's a pity. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, because you know what's about to go down. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but no, I complete I completely get why you like it. Um, like I say, it's not my favourite of them. Mm-hmm. No, it, um, and it's not and my favourite either. Three. But... <laughs> don't don't get it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and of the three, I'd say, you know, it's for me it is still the weakest, but I get why where the enjoyment is. And actually, you picking this and me going back and watching it made me go back with a different fresh viewpoint. eyes. Yeah. So mm. it's great that we've got this on in the second screen because people might come out of it with the same thing. Good. Or if not, they might lambast it. Still. <laughs> I'm glad I'm glad you've come away with that. I'm almost glad you watched it over Cool Hand Look. <laughs> I think it's as well Cool Hand Luke I was convinced it was a Western as well. I don't know if I told you this. <laughs> it does sound like a Western, to be fair. It sounds like a gunslinger kind of Yeah, it does sound like a nickname for a gunslinger, yeah. yeah. Um well, okay, so guilty pleasure screen, we've got X-Men Origins Wolverine. Which I haven't revisited in a long time, so maybe I should do that again uh, after this discussion. Um, um, should we head towards screen three, or do you have anything else to say about this screening? Uh, no, probably not. The, the, like again, you sort of hinted at interesting cast, you know, because you've got like oh, people mm. like Dominic Monaghan and uh, yeah, oh, Will yeah. I am? Well, I am, of course. Um, 
Um, Danny Houston. Danny Houston, that's who. That's the name of the striker in this. And he's played by Brian Cox in X2, isn't that right? Remember, and the thing to be. Remember, I mean, it's very clear in this film is. X-Men films never pay attention to the films around them. Yeah. Like the timelines no. are all over the place. And that like it's... that's comic books as well, you know what I mean? That's what I can't, I'm kinda of alright with that in that sense. Patrick Stewart's face in this is hilarious. That's what I've just remembered. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They de-age Patrick Stewart and it looks like they've just spread some ham over Patrick Stewart's face. <laughs> yeah. Is this the one where he when does he appear? Is it right at the end? Right, yeah, because yes. you've got the young Scott Summers, which is also a better, I really like, I think that's better done in this than it was in Apocalypse. Yeah, well, Apocalypse is a whole different kettle of bad. Yeah. Okay, um, interesting little side note for you here. Um, I don't know if you're aware of him, Rory, but I think Andy is as well as me. Mm. Troy Savan. Yes, the singer. Pr- yes, plays James. Yeah, he plays um, Logan as a oh, child. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, right. So J- James Hewlett. He he's... He's now a pop star. Yeah. Okay. A proper pop star. And I wasn't aware that he was a person before maybe January. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it turns out that he's in a film that I saw over 10 years ago. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know so, that either. So there you go. Well, there we go. Yeah. A little bit of information for everyone. Well, shall we then head on to screen three? Yep. Step. By um, all means. And as we head there, um, I'll ask another little question of you, Rory. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I think I actually know the answer to this as well. Okay. Hopefully I uh, do. How is... many eggs does Cool Hand Luke eat? <laughs> what is your worst cinema going experience? Oh, what? Hang on, you know this. I think I know this. I'm, I'm, not, wondering, I'm, remind I'm wondering why. Yeah, I want to know what you think it is. I'm trying to think. Did you go to the cinema? <laughs> <laughs> no, but let's just say Rory left without something. <laughs> Oh, okay. Oh. Yes, we all, oh, we all okay. know famously about yeah, this. Yeah, okay. That, yeah, that probably is it. Because I had a sort of flashback the minute you asked me of having to be taken out of James and a Giant Peach. Uh... <laughs> Were you <laughs> A, drunk and disorderly, or B, a small child who was screaming? A small child who was screaming, yeah. That's fine. Uh, Less interesting. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I still haven't seen that movie to this day because it freaked me out so much as a child. But yes, okay. So... I anyone that follows me on Twitter or Letterboxd or <laughs> anything, um, this is related to which is interesting. Uh, knows that I lost a pair of Ray Bans in the screening of uh, X Men: Dark Phoenix, and uh, the worst film you could have lost. Like if you lost them to a good film, yeah, you can kind of. And it's very on brand for you to keep going to the X Men films. <laughs> I know, but yeah, exactly. <laughs> um. Yeah, I was myself too. I went myself towards the end of the run and yeah. lost, yeah. You're like, I've got to see this before it drops out of the cinema <laughs> one week after opening. You were there like, I can't go to begin with because it's going to be packed. <laughs> and then you went, oh, it's, uh, looks like that screen's just full of tumbleweed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I lost a pair of uh, gorgeous silver-framed blue lens aviator Ray-Bans that I'd bought in Sydney Airport. Which the 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 style they don't even sell here, uh, yeah, and uh, never got them back. Ended up buying them again off a website that imported them from Asia. So, but you got some new ones. So this I did. Story doesn't have yeah, I did. Yeah, I bought, I bought and are they same ones? They are. Yeah, yeah. Paid. Uh, ended up only paying like ninety pounds for them again. I paid less for that because it was in the airport originally. But so and- technically. Um- 
Dark Phoenix costume <laughs> over over a hundred pounds. I'm going to guess. Well, yeah, and this is other side of cup. So, oh, okay, well, that's fine. Yeah. And this is a good point to mention our lost policy, at Arsenal. Man. <laughs> if you if you lose it, it's ours. Okay. Hey, who's this jumper belong to? <laughs> it belongs to us now. It's mine now. Keep me warm in the. I don't know what accent that turned into. I'm so sorry. You just put it in the trunk in the manager's office. We'll sort it all out later. Sound like like Taylor Kitsch trying to do a Cajun accent. (laughs) Except my Cajun Um, accent is perfect. It's also interesting you ask that because I've also just broken another pair of Ray Bans. Oh, Oh, man. (laughs) Did you re watch it on DVD? (laughs) No. It's it's like the price Uh, you must pay. Quick. Quick question related to all this. Um, as an X-Men fan, what is the worst X-Men film? Uh, okay. Um, your least favourite? Apocalypse. Oh, I'd, say I'd say Apocalypse. Apocalypse is dreadful. Yep, I've rated them shortly know, after Dark that. Dark Phoenix, I don't know if it's just because it's more recent. Dark Phoenix is just I don't mind. Bad. I actually didn't mind Dark Phoenix. I think it's top half of X-Men. That's how many of them are bad. Oh, to oh, be fair. oh no, we're losing you, Rory. <laughs> um, <laughs> You're cutting out, man. Um, I think it's better I than... I see like, Andy hovering over the end call button. Uh, maybe not top half if you count Deadpool. Um, the Deadpools. Okay. But yeah, it's... Yeah. it's Better than X3? Again, that's a bit of a guilty pleasure of mine as well. That could easily have been in there. Um, I smell the a return up. episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, but let's get to screen three okay. then, guys. Okay. Um, we've had the intermission. Yes, we've we, we've walked all the way from screen two to screen three mm. while having that conversation. It's a big cinema. <laughs> yeah, sure. Despite only having three screens. Um, what are we going to be finding in this screen, Rory? Okay, so this is my what I've called my anytime movie. A movie that I could watch at any time, even if I'd seen it like yesterday. If you asked me if I wanted to watch it, I would say yes. So, are we talking the kind of film that, like, you would watch it earlier in the day, and then you came around to someone's house and they were like, "Oh, I'm putting this film yep. on." You wouldn't mind just sitting through it. You again. could watch it twice in a day. I don't know if I ever have, but I've, pro- yeah, I would. But you could. Yeah. Um, okay. okay. And what film are we going to find on this great big screen of ours? We're, it's the biggest screen we've got in the cinema. Oh, brilliant! So we're going to be watching Star Wars, or if you prefer, Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope. But we're going on original title yep. release, right? Okay. Yep. Yeah. Star Wars. Yep. There we go. The, the, Talk to the me, nerds Rory. are happy. <laughs> Tell me why. Uh, that's, a, that's a great movie, isn't it? <laughs> it's just like, there's no... <laughs> yeah, it's just such a good, fun action adventure. I love the world of Star Wars. Anyone who knows me knows it is one of my... Possibly my favourite movie series. Yeah. Fuck it, it is. Uh, um, and this is bantered about Jewbacks before (laughs) yeah exactly and this is either you could call it my favourite or my second favourite that's still up in the air I think at this point but is it between this and Empire? uh, no this and Last Jedi good choice good choice Last Jedi great film (laughs) (laughs) the the nerds were happy till you said that (laughs) half of them are angry half of them are at least uh, at least by putting on the original Star Wars like they're all happy because they all agree you know yeah and this is great and in isolation Mm. this one is the best like if you take it completely as its own thing Hmm. yeah yeah because it's before anything gets convoluted with other yep. storylines and plot lines that you have to tie yeah. up. Because... As a as a standalone film, this has a beginning, middle, and end. Not all of them do. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, uh, so it kind of tells a whole story. So it means like if this is the only Star Wars you ever see, yeah. 
yeah. you feel like you've seen the entire film. It's not like mm, it's yeah. not like a film where it's like, oh, now I have to wait until the sequel to know what happens. Yeah, yeah. and you don't you don't get to the end of it and go, hmm, they've really set that up for something bigger in the future because it feels like it's almost like I mean. Clearly, it's one of those things where they went to see how well the first one does before they yep. agree to make the next two. Yep. So therefore, it has to feel like a complete film. Otherwise, you you leave the audience going, what the, what the hell was that about? Because they definitely <laughs> yep. destroyed one Death Star and then we saw the outline of another one being built. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's like, yeah, a lot of people's favourite is Empire Strikes Back, which has that exact problem if you watch it itself. Mm-hmm. The end is terrible. Yeah, the end isn't an end. <laughs> yeah. The end is like, oh, here's prologue for the next episode. Yeah. And you go, all right, well, that's another three years. What am I going to do until then? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what any of this means. Why is his hand a robot? <laughs> <laughs> exactly, yes. But, okay, so here's the thing. Um, when I was a kid, I was a huge Star Wars fan. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a lot of that was probably to do to do with the um, the re-releases yep. with George Lucas's special mm. digital nonsense. Yep. Um, digital nonsense is nonsense. I think we can all agree. Uh, some of it, some of it's okay. Yeah, I mean, but largely, no one was really calling for. No. Hey, it was clearly a case of George Lucas went, "Hey, you remember those films I made? Yep. Well, this time." There's more, <laughs> and there's a song called Jedi Rock that I'm going to put in uh, an animated. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> like a lot of a lot of it stemmed from that, and as a result, I think I I became obsessed as a kid, mm-hmm. and then I stepped away from it, and then went back a few years ago. Like, I think it was at the release of um, The Force Awakens. Right. Mm-hmm. Andy was doing something for the podcast before I was involved yes. on a week by week basis. Mm-hmm. And he said, oh, can you record a little thing about what you like about the Star Wars films, the original trilogy, and what makes them special? And I rewatched them all as a result. And I kind of came away from them going, I don't know if I like them anymore. Right, okay. And that was a big problem for me. Because yeah. I, was like, I, I remember liking them a lot more. Mm. And I, I was trying to work out, do I think they're still good? And I think I'm of the opinion that you're correct with episode four of Star Wars is yep. the best of the original trilogy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think they get progressively worse in that original trilogy. Yeah, I think everyone yep. can appreciate. Yeah, I think Return of the Jedi is not as good as Empire Strikes Back, but I don't think I think Empire Strikes Back isn't a complete film. Yeah, yeah, I think um, that. the the one bit I like in Return of the Jedi, just to get off topic here, is <laughs> the final battle where you're where you're flitting between yep. on the Death Star, on the ground, and into space. Yep, I think that's pretty good. I think that's handled okay. As yeah. Yeah, that's good. I think it's directed relatively well, that bit. Anyway, uh-huh. not... And edited well. But not to do down that too much. Um, but yeah, I think episode four was the one that was like, okay, well, maybe that's the one that I think I feel warmly towards the most at the moment. And I think so much of it is just the simplicity of the storyline. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because all, all you're doing is telling the same story you've seen before, but this time in space, in a brand new world. And that's the thing, is that... I think so much of Star Wars' success is due to the world Absolutely. that they've created around yep. it. And I think that's infinitely more interesting than the actual story. Uh-huh. Yeah, Absolutely. I'd agree with that. Uh, yeah, a big part of why I love Star Wars is the is the world. And I'm always very interested in, uh, in the background and everything like that and what's, what everything mm. 
all the aliens and ships yeah. and creatures. Like, it's all very interesting to me. No, I agree. And I think, like, so I first watched Star Wars. I've always said, I imagine I watched it as a kid because my dad seemed to love them, mm-hmm. but I don't ever remember seeing them. Right. The first time I actively went and watched them was when Force Awakens came out. You watched and it I watched... in anticipation of that. Yes. Um, and I went, okay, I do believe A New Hope is the best of them all, pretty much. Like, I think it's probably the strongest yep. because I think what you said, it's a full story. But what I found myself thinking is, I think I actually love the world of Star Wars more than I like the films that it's given me. Yeah. Much mm-hmm. like, so, know the game Dark Souls. I love the idea of the world of Dark Souls, but I hate the game because I can't play it. <laughs> yeah. With Star Wars, I love the idea of the world of Star Wars, but I just think that some of the films are just really woeful. Yeah, mm. I understand that. Um, yeah. But unfortunately, not this one. I like this one. <laughs> yeah, and I think because it introduces you to an iconic villain in the like oh. Darth Vader is is timeless in terms of you know. Yep. It, Darth Vader transcends the film that he's introduced yeah. in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because he then becomes this sort of pop culture icon. And, you know, lightsabers. Genius mm-hmm. idea. What if swords were made out of laser? Yeah. Basically. <laughs> like, genius idea. And it's it's all old ideas. Yes. And yet, George Lucas, who is a filmmaker who is infuriating to me, <laughs> because I don't think he knows how to tell a story properly. <laughs> no, you're quite right on that, I think. And... You know, with with the prequels, he proved that he couldn't really devise the story properly again, even though he'd already set it set it up so that this was already a continuation of this pre-existing story. Yep. And when he goes back and he goes, right, well, I'm going to fill in all the stuff from before. You go, none of this really <laughs> makes sense, though. <laughs> and all of it seems bad, apart from Dexter Jetson's Diner, the best thing in any of the episodes. <laughs> yeah, I think, course. you know what, fuck it, best thing in any Star Wars film. <laughs> A hundred percent. I would, I would rewatch the scene in Dexter Jetster's diner above any other film in Star Wars, <laughs> including this one. And I love this one. I think this one's good. Um, but yeah, I think that's the thing: is that the the power of what he did by creating a. I mean, so much of it is down to the design. I think. Yeah. And I used to have when I was growing up, um, when the prequels were coming out, I had the art books mm, yeah. that came out alongside. Um, the prequels and that for me is way more interesting than actually sitting down and watching one of the prequels mm-hmm. because I'm so much more interested in the storyboarding and the art yeah. design yeah. of every single because you've got creatures you've got buildings you've got planets yeah. you've got spaceships you've got other vehicles and you think that's the genius of it is mm-hmm. because you've created this alternative reality where you've got basically one-for-one equivalents yeah. for things that you are aware of in your day-to-day life, but you've made them look so much cooler than they <laughs> ever could have been. And, you know, the Millennium Falcon looks like a piece of shit of a ship, mm. and yet you understand that it's probably the coolest ship. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because it is a piece of shit ship, rather yeah. than being this sleek sort of uh, well-oiled and well-designed thing. Yep. Yeah. You go, that thing looks like it's about to fall apart, and that's why it's yep. cool. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, and, that, and that's what I enjoyed. Like, uh, like, if you speak to anybody who was there when they first saw Star Wars as well. So, like, my dad I spoke to about this, and somebody at work who's, yeah. you know, is an old gentleman, have both said, like, the reason they were excited about the newer films was because they were there when that first 
So they had that rush of excitement yeah, like, when, the, they when Empire Strikes Back like came out after Star Wars and mm. you were waiting for that film. Well, they said they'd never seen anything like that opening shot of Star Wars. Of oh, the ship coming over. Slowly oh. going across. Yeah. They said they'd never seen anything like it before at that point. Yeah. Um, and it blew their minds. And like To be in that state of mind, like when you go, oh my God, I've never seen anything like this before. Yeah. Like I've had moments like that in the cinema, mm-hmm. but like that's moments for me like that. This was a moment for other people and it must be amazing to have experienced that at the time. Yeah. yeah. That and the visuals and the sound. Like, the sound is something that is so important to Star Wars. Both the music and the actual, like, the sound of the ships and the, the lightsabers and everything. It's so iconic. I'd say there's nothing that I like to hear more than the sound of a TIE fighter ah, shooting. <laughs> so good. Screaming overhead and then squitting its little lasers yeah. out. Oh, man. <laughs> Squitting's not a great word. <laughs> Squitting makes it sound like it's going to do a shit. For me, and... it was um, it was when I was playing once again, not in the movies. I was playing the latest Battlefront games. Mm. Yeah, and in the first one of those, the sound of the thermal imploding kind of goes whoa. Yeah, mm. like it's a great sound. It's a Star Warsy sound. Yeah, yeah. So, I think that's it. Is that once you once you watch this film and you go, okay, well, let's go and watch any sci-fi made after that point. Yeah. There's there's some sci-fi films where you just go, oh, okay, this is just so much like you wanted to be Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, and obviously Spaceballs parodied it. But yes. and to be fair, like Star Wars wanted to be Flash that. Gordon, right? and that's yeah. what's interesting about it is that George Lucas just wanted to make a Flash Gordon movie. Yeah, he was just a big fan of sort of pulpy sci-fi stuff. Mm. Yeah, and, you know. George Lucas is someone who is obsessed with the 1950s and thinks that they never mm-hmm. end. Yeah, yeah. Hence why Dexter Jester's Diner is the best thing, yeah. because it's the only thing that looks like it's from the 1950s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. before this, you had like, American Graffiti, and he's obviously a big car yeah. nerd that comes across in the ships and Star Wars and stuff like that. And yeah, pod and racing. A lot of them are in, yeah, a lot of them are inspired by classic designs of, of 1950s and 60s cars. Yeah, yeah. Um, pod racing, you know, probably good. <laughs> Less probably than good. about it, better. I don't know, maybe. Anyway, um, so is there anything else you really want to talk about here with regards to... Why is it your anytime film, then? Like, yeah, why is this sure. the film that you think you could watch anytime? So something, again, I was going to tie this back to a bit of Cool Hand Look when I mentioned that Paul Newman is one of these guys that is just, like, effortlessly charismatic and there is obviously a character in Star Wars that is the same. Like, and Harrison Ford is one of these actors that can do this sort of Charismatic. C-3PO. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is my, my unpopular Star Wars opinion is that C-3PO is more annoying than Jar Jar Binks. 100% agree. 100% agree. I don't think... I'd rather watch a Jar Jar Solo movie than a C-3PO. Yeah, well, oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, and I don't know yeah. why people got so annoyed about Jar Jar when C-3PO was, like, worse. But anyway, <laughs> yeah. What I was getting out there, Harrison Ford, Han Solo is... Yeah. Just the absolute one of the absolute coolest characters in cinema, mm. and why this is sort of my time, why I sort of arrived at this as an idea, is that no matter how many times I've seen this film, I still get excited when he comes back during the space battle and the Death Star run. I still it takes almost takes me by surprise every time when he comes Even in. Though you know it's coming, yeah. and it, but it's such a great moment oh, because it is one of those things where you go. Uh, maybe maybe this is the unwinnable fight. Yeah, 
And then all of a sudden, in he comes, and you just go, oh, man, everything's going to be fine. <laughs> yeah. I let's imagine every time you watch it, you're sitting there going, maybe this is the time he doesn't come back. <laughs> yeah, maybe, that maybe is, this time yeah, he doesn't appear. That is pretty much how I feel. And almost every day, like, I have, like, I was like, yes, like, a fist pump. <laughs> like, mm. I love it. I love that moment so much. It's one of my favourite moments in film. And, yeah, I think I could watch this twice in a day and do that both times. Still feel like that both times. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Fantastic. That's the kind of film we're looking for to fill out this film festival. Like, is there anything else you want to say about about it at all? Uh, no, I'm. I think I'm all Star Wars now. Uh, like I say, it's a it's a film that I think once I went back and rewatched it, I think I probably appreciated this more on its own. Yep. And if you, if you actually separate those films out and you go, okay, so if I'm if I'm to isolate all of these films, this just works in a way that I don't think the other two in that original trilogy do mm-hmm. um and even though it's probably lost some of its sheen for me that it's it's one of those rare films that produces this fandom that you're exhibiting here yep. of saying like you know it does get you excited it does amp you up and in the same way that say comic book movies have for you andy mm-hmm. yep. This, certainly for Rory and for a lot of other people worldwide, this had that feeling. And I remember seeing it for the first time uh, in... <laughs> I would have been probably in the cinema in, in the USA at, the point, at that point. And just seeing it on the big screen and hearing that sound... Because it's, it's, you know, some of the biggest sounds you've ever heard in the cinema. Yeah, yeah. Even the smaller sounds are big. And TIE fighters screaming over your head and you just go, this is... <laughs> This is, you know, popcorn cinema. And this is kind of the thing is that I can appreciate the stuff. You know, I'm I'm known on the podcast as being the one who goes and sees the foreign language releases <laughs> yeah. that 50 people see. And stuff that is not popcorn cinema at all. And pretty much every year will choose one of those as my best, pick, uh, my best film of the year. But there is something to be said for that popcorn cinema thing of this is just pure enjoyment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's escapism in its in its purest form, probably, in that you are watching a thing about space, about people battling in space with light swords. <laughs> yeah. And it's just as engaging as a film, as something that is grounded very much in reality and, and in a world you know. That's hard to do, mm-hmm. because there's a lot yeah. of films that try to do that that don't manage to pull it off. Yeah. But this does, and I, I think... It's a great choice for an anytime film because I think you can you can put this on and I think you know ninety percent of people would probably be relatively happy that you've put it on because there's something for most people in yeah. it and if if they haven't seen it you know they might have that reaction of being like wow this is a proper I don't know how going back and watching it first time around now in yeah. the modern landscape would be but. Mm. I think there is still something to be said to the kind of feelings it evokes in an audience. Fantastic. So that's Screen 3 done. Screen 3 done. That's that's the film sc- festival. Yeah. So Screen 1, to recap your film festival, Rory, Screen 1, we've got Call Hand Luke. Yep. Screen 2, we've got X-Men Origins Wolverine. Mm-hmm. Screen 3, we've got Star Wars, just Star Wars, guys. That's all it's ever going to be called. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um, we'll edit out all the times we said episode four or a new hope. <laughs> no, fantastic. Thank you, Rory, for helping us put together Launch this festival. cinema. Yeah. This famous uh, cinema that we're going to take on the road. The take Magic on the road, cinema. maybe? No, no, the Magic Cinemas, they come to us. <laughs> well, 
we did Rory remotely, so it's, it's magic. We FaceTimed him around the cinema, <laughs> <laughs> and here's the cinema, Rory. Um, <laughs> yeah, and you're just there, like, oh man, this is this is dragon. Obviously, the most important thing is if people loved your cinematic experience, Rory, where can they hear more of you? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I do a podcast called Dogcare Presents, where uh, we try and teach people about a new topic every week. Uh, you know, it can be anything. Sometimes movie related, sometimes pop culture related, sometimes just you know we've done like the history of toilets stuff like that. Uh, that's the history of uh, animals in space. Animals in space. Yes. Yep, that was one episode. We just, were on, I was uh, just getting to that. You was, guys have you know, been on. I never knew anything about other than <laughs> Laika the yep. dog. Yep. Uh, if you want to find out about how many monkeys the U.S. government killed. Oh man, so many. <laughs> you can, so many. So many. You can come to like, that. Imagine the most amount of monkeys that you could think <laughs> that the US government killed, and it's more than that. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Uh, so yeah, yeah, you can come check it out uh, anywhere you find podcasts. Really, these guys have been on uh, several times now, and yeah, probably releasing when still when this is released, the current episodes that are coming out. Yeah. Um, no, but it's been a pleasure having you, Rory. Obviously, if you want to hear more of us, um, you kind of know where to find us. So, well, you're listening to us. Yes, you fucking hope so. But obviously, this we're the on... thing. I've always thought this maybe is redundant. But the thing is, what happened was, we, if you remember rightly, sorry, 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 Rory, you <laughs> can hang out right. anytime you want. If you remember uh... rightly, we took this bit out. Yes. And then the end never flowed after that, so we put it back in. Uh-huh. So, guys, if you want to hear more of us, obviously we're on iTunes, Spotify. No, I say we take Stitcher. it out again. I say take it out um, again. I don't care if it doesn't. Flow. It doesn't need to contact flow. us this on contact <laughs> us on Twitter at Dinosaurman15. Especially if you enjoyed this, um, because we might be doing more of these with more different people. We one hundred percent will because the cinemas are shut. Um, and we'll bring we'll bring Rory back at some point as well. I haven't done my um, research on Blumhouse yet. <laughs> <laughs> um, but also on Facebook at Dinosaur Man Podcast. Sure. Um, all of those places have done that on my podcast apart from Twitter at Dinosaur Man 15. Yeah. Johnny Needs did the theme song again. Yes. This, this time. This time. He... It had John Williams scoring it. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> the score is great for Star Wars, by the way. Um, oh, yeah. And guys, until next time. Uh, do we... But it, there needs to be a special sign off for the Magic Cinema. Uh, Rory, what, what can we say at the end of this? Oh, oh man, putting loads of pressure on I guess. There's something there's nothing like there's no like cinema goodbye thing as well. They don't Not um, really. there's nothing like the sweet We'll see you cinema. next time at the movies. <laughs> oh god, I wanna kill myself. That was awful. That's our sign off, guys. It's um there's nothing like what We'll is... see you next time at the movies. Oh, oh god, god that's I want awful. to kill myself. I want to kill myself. <laughs> see, see you guys. Bye. <laughs>